Well, welcome to Hope Leads. I'm Wes Lane. A lot of people feel overwhelmed, stuck, and confused, and this podcast is designed to give you hope and perspective so that you can live a powerfully relevant life. Because within the context of a loving and relentlessly purposeful God, we believe your best days are still ahead of you. Would you help us out with this podcast? Rate it, review it, subscribe to it, and share it. We are all about helping people lead with hope. And yet again today, I am joined by my delightful, inimitable, um, remarkable, uh-huh. and illustrious oh, co-host. Yes. Was it was it five bucks? Imaginative? Hey, it's um, ten. Uh, Taylor West. <laughs> Good to see you, Taylor. So we have some fun questions for you. We want our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Oh, boy. How do hopefully you feel about that'll that? Be, that'll, well, hopefully, uh, people will be listening to this early in the morning when they're <laughs> wide awake and not in the afternoon drive. Yeah, hopefully, they're still they're back listening next week. <laughs> <laughs> it may be the, yeah, it may be the big empty after, after this conversation. <laughs> it's like switch. If there were channels on a podcast, they'd be switching channels. <laughs> There you go. Lucky for you, there are not. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, all right. So the first question that we've got up our sleeves for you um, is about what Wes Lane does when he is not hanging out in the salt office. What does a a dream day look like for Wes Lane? Well, being here with, of course, uh, Taylor West well, is, of course, of course a, the dream date for the entire staff. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but and if you couldn't, but if, if I couldn't Taylor come West here and out, be around exactly. you, where um, would you be? Uh, what would you be doing? What would I be doing? <clears throat> well, you know, there's a good. That's a that's a that's a very interesting. It depends on the weather. Okay, the weather's anything you want it to. If be. the you, weather was is, is beautiful uh-huh. now, so right now we're coming into the springtime. We are, and so it's kind of one of those days. A beautiful day, beautiful afternoon. Uh-huh. I would start poking around uh-huh. in the garage, and I tell you something, <laughs> I really enjoy doing. I, what, what's really fun to me, uh, <laughs> uh, at least in a, a, a geeky sort of way, is. Um, if it's a really beautiful afternoon yeah. and uh, and I'll be able to open the garage door and I will listen to some f- uh, fun uh, non or a fun fictional book on tape okay while Which one? I am going around in the garage organizing stuff or oh. throwing stuff away or or working in the backyard <laughs> or just doing you know just there doing you go. it's stuff that is a no mind uh-huh. stuff that I can actually listen to something fun and, uh, uh, you know, yeah. so, so there you have it. Well, we have different ideas of fun. My fun day would not include organizing, but I respect that. Well, that's because mine, <laughs> me and organization, those are, it's just a, a occasional visit. <laughs> there you go. I get that. Um, but what, okay. So you say a fun book, what fun book would we be listening to? Well, you know, you know, I tell you, I like a wide variety, but I uh-huh. always like, so I listen to everything. There's this real campy series I listen to uh-huh. on a, a space adventure. Oh, I you know, love it. I, just, I, I love this whole series. And so the author is B.V. Larson. Right. And so me and probably uh, a thousand other 14-year-old males <laughs> are, are thoroughly enjoying these campy adventures of <laughs> You know, um, fighting aliens oh and stuff like that. But he just does it so well. <laughs> and the guy who um, who, who is the uh, guy who, who yeah. says it, you know, does the acting uh-huh. on, on the tape, it's just outstanding. <laughs> and so I've listened to probably, I bet I've listened to two dozen books uh, of, of different series Good. they've had. Adventures. And it's always and it's always fun. 
All right, Westlane. Well, today our listeners are in for quite the treat as they get to hear our lovely, wonderful, incredible creative director, Mr. David Skidmore, interview you, the lovely, wonderful, incredible Westlane. Irreplaceable Westlane. Let's go ahead and dive right into that interview. You've been getting into some new hobbies lately. Uh, you were telling me that you and Tim uh, have been watching through. Uh, yeah, this movie. is actually an, uh, 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 an an old hobby. So I've mm. got a buddy. This is a part of. This comes under the heading of my wife saying, "Wes, you're just not much fun. <laughs> you need to you need to lighten up." And and so uh, and the gift God's gift to me in that is a buddy named Tim. And Tim and I get together. Uh, this was a this didn't. <laughs> We are now 10 years into getting together routinely on Tuesday night and just watching movies or watching TV series, stuff like that, and, and we just have a great time. And it's like the night I get permi- I get, I, get, I actually don't feel guilty about being a complete no-mind. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's delightful. But, but now, to get specific, you know, I know what you're referring to. We are... We are watching two different movie series because we know in the spring a couple of movies were supposed to come out. One has been postponed. One is the Fast and Furious 9, I believe. Yeah, Fast and Furious 9. Yes, and the other one was the latest James Bond movie with Daniel Craig, the last one. And that was supposed to come out in April, but I hear it's been because of the coronavirus postponed to next fall. But So what we've been doing is we're now going back and reviewing all now, I, I had not been a Fast and Furious. Uh, I wasn't I, either. I, I hadn't at all. And then, but Tim had been talking it up, and so I caught the first one. I thought, well, that was actually pretty good. And then, and now we're starting to incorporate those into Tuesday night. So we might watch James Bond, one of the Daniel Craig movies, because we're preparing. We're 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 re uh, up and, and 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 likewise, we're doing that with all the Fast and Furious movies. So when it comes out. May twenty two, I believe, and in that yeah, yeah, May. There's a May party. 22. In fact, you're you're having a Fast and Furious party now. Yeah, it? it is. Um, I mean, it's it's open to application. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay. So I'm going yeah. with our okay, producer. Okay, so I gave that up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, our, yes, our yes. Uh, audio engineer this, right. of this podcast, uh, plus Adam the voice. Well, his wife Brianna Great Gaither, who's yeah. our, our our beautiful music ad. So look at this. Yeah, it's yeah. like all it's it's like a Hope Leads movie night. It is. So I we started watching it that. like in in the fall, and it's it's amazing. You know, when when you talk to people about Fast and Furious, they'll be like, "Oh man, yeah." Uh, the thing is, it's just not realistic. Well, yeah. Um, that's why it's a movie. <laughs> like we're not going to the movie so that we watch like some yeah. <laughs> real life yeah. thing. Happening. We, we're living real life. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, they're going to jump a car out of a plane. It's great. That's yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is, that's exactly right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's going to be a great night. Uh, once again, uh, you can, uh, apply for tickets <laughs> to that at salt. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. today, uh, we're going to jump in and talk about the big idea of purpose. And so, you know, Wes, for, for you, um, you talk a lot about purpose and, uh, I know for, for you, purpose is significant. People living with, with purpose is significant. Uh, can you talk just a little bit about that? Purpose is, 
is about life, giving life meaning. And what the Bible speaks to at, at length is that God is relentlessly purposeful. And we are his, we are made in his image. We are purposeful beings. We are not random pinballs bouncing about the universe. We are sent to a moment and to a place and um, with a mission. And it is the idea and the reality of living on and in that mission that brings beauty uh, to... It's the difference between watching an old black and white TV and a big old HD screen. It is starkly different. For you, though, why is purpose so significant to you? You know, I think a lot of it is just from experience. I, I remember the first time, and I was in my, oh gosh, I was in my early 40s, I guess, when I I heard a Baptist pastor on TV, a guy named uh, Charles Stanley, and he asks, and this probably also tells you uh, how much fun I'm having on Saturday nights. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching uh, the Reverend Charles Stanley on TV. Church it's TV, a, church, church TV uh, is, is a great time. But anyway, but so he he looks into the screen and he says, "You can know the purpose of God for your life." And I went, "What?" I, it was like, had I not been to church at all? Did I not know <laughs> any of that? But it was like. It's like the kind of deal when you hear something 15 times and on the 16th time you go, oh, what was that? And so that's what it was for me. And so I send off for um, the materials and all the stuff uh, they wanted me to. And I spend weeks working on that. And the end of that, I crafted something that I can say 20 years later, 20 years later, has absolutely been spot on on why I'm on earth. And so that experience, that understanding, that getting, that realization that God is willing to—I mean, He says in um, in Jeremiah uh, to to seek Him, and you'll find Him if you search for Him with all your heart. And what I, and also then in Hebrews He says, uh, and He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek mm. Him. Well, I I have experienced that. I'm an eyewitness to the truth of all that. And I know I'm not the only one as well. And so, so this experience that, um, that I've had in recognizing, oh my goodness, I can understand why I'm on the planet and how I go about the why. And that excitement and hope-filled experience has absolutely revolutionized my life. And so to be able to, to share that and to let people know that you can know this. This is knowable information. You just have to pursue it, and he'll tell you. So you got this 20 years ago. Yeah. What's the What's your purpose statement then? Okay, so now at the time, you know, I, I cranked this thing out, and so I've actually broken it down into, into two pieces. Or actually, the first part that I got in, in 1999 was uh, to exhort and encourage— the body of Christ in an understanding that God has not changed. He wants his children to be powerfully relevant and significant to the welfare, the well-being, the shalom, if you will, of the community. And his omnipotence, his power, stands ready to see to our success. And so that idea was, I'm an exhorter and encourager. That's a spiritual gift. I love to do that. And I, and I also... Uh, I see a big God. I have a big view of God. I'm not not a diminished view, and I, because I've because I've just 
seen too much. I've, I've, I have personally, I've been an eyewitness to, to, uh, to miraculous things. I've read stories about, not just in the Bible, of other men and women and, and living uh, remarkable supernatural life experiences, which is what I believe the normative Christian experience should be, uh, because, because God's not natural. God's not normal. God is supernatural. He is beyond the natural. And so, um, and so all that to say, and then when I left office, I became district attorney not terribly long after that, that experience. And then, when I, then during when I was district attorney, I developed a passion. I, there was something that just kept eating at me, and it was this. It was I wanted to help uh, leaders to stop looking at themselves as leaders who just happen to be Christian, but rather as Christian leaders assigned by God to their sphere of influence, which, which demands the influence. So what are you going to do about that? I mean, you are purposefully sent, because this had been my experience. And so, um, so I'm, I am, I am a, a, an evangelist, if you will, uh, of, of something, of, of how life can be. I've seen it. I know others that have seen it. So it's not like a flash in the pan, a one-off deal. This is, this is what God tells us to be. But, you know, so oftentimes, David, what I've been really disappointed in is that, that this is lost to a lot of Christians. I can't tell you how many. I mean, we've now dealt with Saul with, with hundreds, hundreds of men and women, leaders from business, government, education, the arts, media, whatever, all of these, even the pastorate. And, and they are, uh, so here's the classic response one time. This is you know, from, a, from a big dog. And, 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 um, and they say, you mean God designed, built me? And sent me into a moment of history, to a geographic area, as a part of his overarching strategy to redeem the world. And I go, yes. And, 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 and it's like they suddenly light up. It's, it's like the light goes on, and now they're, they're, they're getting a clue that life can be utterly adventurous when you start to grasp your identity. And so that connection of purpose, identity, walking with as many leaders as you have, um, there's something about when people don't understand their purpose. Yeah, I've seen it in you. Uh, I can say everybody on our team has that there's um, a level of, I, I don't know if I would call it angst or frustration, but just that, somebody might miss out yeah. on what God has uh, made them to do, what God has called them to do. Can you just talk a little bit about uh, how that affects you, how you see that? Yeah, you know, there's a great uh, quote that's actually a combination of a couple of guys, but let's give the primary authorship as, uh, as, a, as an American philosopher from you know early 19th century, Henry David Thoreau. And he said, most men live lives of quiet desperation and they go to the grave with the song still in them. That, that is such a sad deal. And that is what I liken that to so many people as they go through life and they're, and they're frustrated, they're disappointed. They don't see any connection to the reality that, that there is not 
that we as image bearers of the Most High God, that we have, we are, when, when we're born, we are purposefully so, and, it's, and, and there's a trajectory, an intended trajectory. Whether you're a Christian or not, there, is a, there, is, there was an intended trajectory for you. And so it's just, uh, and, and I, so when I see people, when I see here, you know, people committing suicide, being dis- discouraged, it's because they don't have hope. They don't have hope. They have no sense of a better tomorrow. But the reality is, is that there is. There is hope. They can live that. And so it always saddens me. It pains me to see um, people uh, like that. And what I have observed many, many times uh, is, and I think, I think a lot of times our, our churches, if you will, are not, are not serving. That You know, why is it? Why do you think that... Uh, Gen Z, Generation Z, uh, young people, young adults up to, I guess, around 25 years old. Why are they leaving the faith in the, by the droves? Why are, they, why are they doing that? I mean, they, they look at the world, and not, this is not just me making this up. This is, th- these, this is, uh, these are studies that reflect certain things about that, that, they, are, that they, they think that the generations older than them pretty much messed things up. Uh, they're they're not very religious, uh, and they are biblically illiterate. They don't, and and so, but they think that's incumbent upon them to to save the world and make things right. So why should they follow the faith of the ones above them when they messed it up? They're the folks that messed it up, and I think so. Oftentimes, is what what the what these young people don't don't realize that you know you can be a part of the greatest movement in the universe. You can be, uh, you can, you want to be a part of something greater than yourself? Well, so, so does God. So does Jesus. This is, and this is what's opportune. I, and I think that they're, uh, I, and I identify with them too, David, because when I was 18, I'd fallen away. Yeah. And, and the reason was, you know, I just, I just didn't have any, really around me, uh, anybody that I just would see this explosive Faith, which makes faith just kind of a boring. Walk well, it just in. yeah, it's like go to church and 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 I'm not saying those people didn't yeah. love Jesus, but I it just there was nothing vibrant about that. And I thought, well, gosh, I'd rather just go have fun, as it, as if as if thinking that the choices were fun, not God, and uh, boredom with God. And it's just they're just totally wrong thinking. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, the idea out there, I think for for a lot of people who grow up in church, who grow up um, maybe in the rules of church, you view God sometimes as living at church. Yeah, like you show up and right. see him there. Your church, wave, that's yeah. where Jesus hangs out. See you later, and and but otherwise, yeah. we'll catch you next week. Yeah, yeah. This is called the great secular sacred divide. It is the lie from the pit of hell mm. that 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 God doesn't permeate everything. You know, Abraham Kuyper said a uh, hundred years ago, uh, and I'm paraphrasing him, but he says God looks at everything in the universe, everything, and just says, "Mine. Mm. It's all His. It's it's all His." And so, so folks that that uh, that that don't um, that don't that don't connect, and they think that well, now I'm at work. Uh, Sunday at church, that's where I'm. You know, following those moral rules. 
Uh, but you know, if I've got to do some fast talking and then I got to fudge a little bit, you know, well, that's but but God's not at my workplace. Well, that's just not true. He's he's. I mean, the Bible is very clear. He's with us always. Yeah, and you know, you talk about in in this podcast every week. Uh, that a lot of people feel overwhelmed, stuck, and confused. Yep, yep. And so when when you made a shift from searching for purpose to living from purpose, mm. what transpired in your life? What happened in your heart in yeah. that process? Well, that's a good question. Uh, uh, when I understood, in fact, this was really especially pivotal after I left the district, after I lost my second election, so I've been DA. I'd won my first election. I'd, I'd been appointed district attorney in 2001 uh, by the governor. I then run for election in 2002. I win. And then in 2006, I lose. And so I'm now out of job. I was a career prosecutor. I'd been that for 21 years. And, um, and when I left office, I had no desire to go um, and, and open up a law practice, uh, no interest, but I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I had to go away. I started, I really started drilling down on, and just and just hanging out, out with the Lord. But here's the things, uh, the thing I knew. I understood some things. This is all a kind of a, a ginormous discovery. This is the adventure yeah. of discovery. And so I can see from my journals, I've kept a journal for 20 20 years now, a spiritual journal. I call it the uh, a narrative of the Lord's dealings with West Lane. <laughs> and I, and dealings I, with. Yeah, dealings yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I do, actually, I do that out of honor to a, a mentor of mine mm-hmm. who lived in the 19th century named George Mueller. And his journal was a narrative of the Lord's dealings with George Mueller. And so, so that's not, so, so my, my, uh, uh, my journal is not something I write every morning. Today I had post toasties for you know. Break. I don't do any of that stuff, but when yeah. but I do keep up with what I see the Lord doing. So when in my journaling d- during that period, specifically in January of 2007, which I am literally out of a job, I have no clue what I'm going to do with my life at that point in time. Well, that's when I I went away on a retreat. I took my my dog Moose and went to went. And I spent days, I took all this stuff. And so I started looking back at the things that I had written down before. And I started getting clues about who I was. I was reminding myself. I knew what my passions were. Um, uh, and I stated some of those things. And so I, I started following what I would call the holy breadcrumb trail. Holy, the holy breadcrumb trail. And when what that is, the way God does this stuff is that he's always beckoning us to us. And so I discovered that what he would do is he would leave me clue after clue after clue. I would either be searching for them myself or I would be talking to other people. He would send, he would send people to me who would say things uh, about me that, that, uh, that were really remarkable, and they might not even have any idea who I was or my background. And so I just, I'm, a, I'm an evidence guy. I, I'm a, 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 a recovering trial lawyer, so I've tried a lot of cases, and circumstantial evidence is the connecting of the dots it is the circumstance. It's the it's the evidence that when you're at trial and you don't have somebody that's got the proverbial smoking gun, but you have 
all of these little bitty pieces of evidence. And what they do is you connect all the dots and eventually they start showing the face of a perpetrator specifically. And, uh, and in this case, it would be God. And so I, I, so I just started connecting the dots. And, and, I, and I, have been, I am fascinated now, um, 12 years after leaving office, I am fascinated at the relentless purposefulness of God. I, I keep connecting these dots. I am now watching 20 years after I would hear uh, when Charles Stanley pointed his bony finger at me there through the TV and told me to, you know, you can know that. I, I am now, salt is my mission statement. It is my, why is Westlane on earth? And secondly, how does Westlane go about the why? And so that, so salt is simply, and that's fascinating to me because I didn't get a special deal. That's what I really want people to understand. I have crystal clarity on why, on what I'm up to and what I'm, what I'm doing here and what I'm supposed to do. That came as a result of just seeking him, but I didn't get a special deal. That's your deal. That's the listener. That is every listener's deal and it's available to him. And so it's like having a bank account. It's like, it's like the, you know, it's like yeah, when they yeah. post in the paper, the, the, all the money that's in the treasury and they give the names of the hundreds of people that have unclaimed cash. And, and it's like never claiming the cash. Wow. And that's the same thing. When you're at a, at a younger age, I think sometimes it's really easy to compare and to look ahead and say, wow, I mean, like, yeah. it really looks like, like somebody like, like a Wes Lane, mm-hmm. um, has their life. Like things, things just seem like it's really easy, but walking alongside you here, like I've, I, I've learned a little bit more about some of the background you shared a lot about it, um, in salt it this year. I was wondering if you could share for, uh, some of our younger audience, what pain looked like and how God used pain in your life, yeah. even at the age of 30. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, the, uh, I was, I spent the bulk of my 20s so full of myself uh, as unquestionably uh, the most, the smartest guy in the world. And I'd been very, I'd been yeah. a very successful young trial attorney. Um, and and I, uh, I assumed from that, that, gee, I must be incredible at everything. And, um, and that was, uh, that was a disaster in the making. And so my own So by the time I'm 28 years old, my first wife has left me, divorced me, and I am a quarter of a million dollars in debt. I'm living in a dumpy apartment in North Oklahoma City. GMAC is calling me wanting my truck back. And if it was a if it was a, if Dr. Phil was around at the time, he'd be looking at me and says, so how's your plan working for you after all? So I had blown my life up at that point. And I was, and I was depressed because I thought by the time I was 30, I was going to be like a rich, rich trial lawyer. Instead, I was a disaster zone. And so what I, so what in that moment um, that was actually the moment that I was willing to give God uh, a moment of my time because I needed I needed somebody with a better plan, and so um, so what I would say to others, and so that has helped shape my point of view now. 
that experience, so many times I've seen this. I've seen this with so many people. It's, it's just, it's almost like this is the norm. This is what happens if you let it. God takes the crummiest experiences of your life. And if you will let him work with you and through you, he will turn that thing into something beautiful, put a bow on it, and give it as a gift. It, w- it is remarkable. I know people, I, I think of, I think right now of a, of a, of a woman in, in our uh, um, uh, signature class, uh, Christy Luther. Mm-hmm. Christy Luther, who, who did, a st- did a stint in the state penitentiary, she, she, because of her walk with the Lord, she then start. She gets a passion for the women in prison. Yeah. She creates an entire ministry, teaching uh, them cosmetology. They, there are whole classes now at Mabel Bassett, uh, the women's correctional facility here, uh, and, and and they are learning a a, a trade, getting jobs. She, it's like that. Now I know that Christy, like I wouldn't my twenties. It's not like I'd like to. Oh, let's. I'd like to volunteer for that. Sure. Bad experience again, but at the same time, it's helped form us uh, as to who we are, and it's helped shape how we walk out the rest of life. There is not in the economy of God. God does not waste anything. So you have that experience in your twenties and thirties. And pain is used by God. I mean, in in ways for for you as a yeah. wake up call. It's a refining yeah. tool. It's you know something that that's it's particularly helpful for. Mm. If you think of it as a as a refining fire, mm. you know what you'll you'll see if if you're working with metals and you're you, you toss them in and you put put the metal in, you'll you'll see this dross stuff called dross come to the top. It's the it's the ink. It's the Dirt, it's all the junk, and you just scrape that off. And so, if if you will let it, if you, the listener, will let it, it will. It if you will just let God work through this with you. That heat, that pain. I mean, I've had people sue me. I've had I've had all kinds of of stuff happen. I've had anyway. But but the big idea is is that. None of that need be wasted. Every bit of it is an opportunity to pursue a, an ever-deepening relationship with God. Because sometimes, many times, and I bet a lot of you know what I'm talking about out there, you think, I think I've dug this hole so deep, I don't know how I can possibly get out of this deal. But that's just not true. That's just not true. It is never, you know. That's why we talk about we believe within the within the, the an understanding of God. We believe your best days are still ahead. That's not just some ethereal, you know, sugar pablum. That's that's this has been our experience. So for a lot of people who are uh, stuck and discouraged, I just want to ask you early in this: What do you do when you get stuck and when you get discouraged? And that happens. Yeah. You know, I contend, you know, oftentimes the first battle we have is having to contend with your, in your own head. Mm. Um, I, I am classically someone that is having to contend with that all the time. You, uh, but, but the way to do that, there's, there, you know, I mean, typically how I do that is I have to speak, I have to speak uh, words of life. I have to. Uh, uh, I have to talk about. In fact, 
this is what I do. Okay, so if I'm, you know, you wake up and you're just kind of feeling bummed out, and, and I've learned over time that what I what I have to do is is that I'll just start. I might be just walking around my man cave and and just speaking aloud uh, praises to God, thanking Him for what He's done. Just going through my head of all the times He's been with me, all the times that He has He's helped me, He's saved me, He's done this and He's done that. I go through a a a, a memoir in my head of all the times He has been there. And then I, I bring it to this moment, and I realize, <laughs> when exactly have you let me down? Mm. And I haven't. And I tell you what, it just it really kind of pops the balloon on that a little bit. And it, sometimes it's harder than others. But what I've what I've learned is is that when we, if it, it, or or the verses, the Bible verses, verses of hope and promise and encouragement. You know, I go to that. I, 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 you have to purpose, David. You have to purpose to drink from a fountain of life in that moment. If you keep drinking sand, you're going to choke. And, but if you start drinking life, and what brings life? Well, for me, as I just told you, I told you what, what some of those things are. I love how you frame that, too, because, you know, you've been through different things in in your life, um, losing an election, yeah. um, just significant loss at different, different moments. And so, um, sticking around long enough with God yeah. to allow yourself to, to see that actually he wasn't letting you down in the process. Right. Um, but that, uh, there was a bigger plan that there was an unfolding That's right. of what he was That's doing. right. See, from the world's perspective, I remember on my election, I, so for those of you who not know, so I was a, a career prosecutor for 21 years, and the last five and a half of which was as the district attorney in, in here in Oklahoma City. The, um, my second election, I lost, and on election night, and it was very public. I mean, it was a, you know, uh, it was, it was, it, it was always front page paper of stuff, kind of stuff. And so the, um, and so on the night that I lost by just a few hundred votes, it was just so embarrassing. It was humiliating. There are the TV cameras, and there are plenty of them, and they were all asking me questions. It would drive me up a while, like, well, gee, Wes, what are you, you going to do now? You know, like I had a plan B. I thought I was going to win. Oh, I'm going to go to Disneyland. That's what I'm Oh, how about that? No, I had no idea what I was going to do. And yet, in the back of my head, because I know I'd been walking, I knew I had been a faithful son, I, and, and we and we know when we have been, and so you, we know when we're hiding stuff and all that. But that's not wasn't the case. And so in the back of my head, I had this weird niggling, which didn't improve my disposition. I mean, I was still bummed. I was embarrassed, um, but I had this weird niggling in the back of my head that was saying, "I think my daddy must have a promotion in mind." Mm-hmm. Now. That's weird. Now, and I know that, you know, some of you listeners are going, well, that's kind of strange. But I'm just telling you, I had walked with God long enough at that moment. I know he's a God of promotion. And I mean, he's also a God, there's, there's an element of suffering also that goes along with it. So I don't want it to sound like everything's just a, you know, a merry, you know, ho, 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 um, because it's not. So the, the, the bottom line is, is that I, in that 
I learned in that moment that that was not me. The world would say that was a bad deal. You lost a career. What it actually was in the economy of God, it was him releasing me to the reason he had put me on earth in the first place, which is just fascinating to me how he orchestrates. He is so, his fingerprints are on all this stuff, and he orchestrated all of that. And so, so that helps me a lot because I've had that experience now. I know that 12 years ago, what the world said was a disaster was actually blessing. So today, David, I am, I am a lot more circumspect at looking at curveballs. Is that really a strike, or did I just get to hit it over the fence, really? Hmm. I like how you said that, too, uh, when you talk about a promotion and that sometimes the promotion, often the promotion is not absent of suffering. Uh, it was in my SALT class when when I heard someone say for, for the first time, I think it was you, um, that you might get promoted uh, even to the place of martyr. And yes, so, <laughs> that's right. I did. That, yeah. was, that weirded people out. I said, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean- we think yeah. of promotion I mean, as like things are easy going and life is good oh, and it's, it's all catered good. to it's me. It's all and, good. And then they're nailing me on the cross. Yeah. We, we don't get a better deal than Jesus did. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, really, so you got to yeah. think about that. It's, it's, but Jesus lived a purposeful life mm. um, and, and he's calling us to live one as well. But sometimes that place of purpose can be a place of pain. And, but if, if you're walking with God in a place of context, uh, it's it's there is a you know there is a place of suffering in the midst of that, and so we we need to get not go Pollyanna on on that everything is uh, hunky dory. In fact, I can I mean it just in my just in my experience, man, there's some there's some very difficult periods of time that have not been fun in the least, and. Uh, and yet, within the context of God, I can see those hills uh, and dales and all that sort of stuff as, as actually just being the journey. It's part of the journey. Ooh, that's it's, good. It's, it's not the destination. It's the journey. Yeah. That's the big deal. Thank you for joining us today on Hope Leads. I'm Wes Lane. Once again, I'd be honored if you would take a moment to rate this podcast, review it, Subscribe and share it with someone who needs hope. We want to thank Brianna Gaither for the song, I Won't Rest Until, from her album, Vanity. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by a God who is willing for us to live meaningful lives of profound impact. I invite you to just show up and watch God show off. Show off.